Welcome to the Sailing to Success podcast, the show created exclusively for entrepreneurs and small business owners looking for a safe port in the storm of fast-paced business growth. Lindsay Phillips is the founder of Smooth Sailing Online Support, a company dedicated to helping entrepreneurs and small business owners increase customer service, run their business more effectively, and increase their profits. Prepare to be inspired and learn some practical tips and strategies you can use in your business today. And now, welcome your host and captain for this 30-minute excursion, Lindsay Phillips. Welcome to the Sailing to Success podcast show. I'm your host, Lindsay Phillips, founder and CEO of Smooth Sailing Online Support. And this podcast show is dedicated to entrepreneurs to not only motivate and inspire, but also give you tips and strategies so that you can implement to be more productive, boost your profits, and grow your business. You can, of course, check me out at ssonlinesupport.com where you can learn more about me, my team, and what support services we can do to help you get ahead and, of course, get more done with less stress. So, everyone, grab your pen and your notepad and we'll get started. So, today's episode, I'm super thrilled to be interviewing um, my favorite tax coach, (laughs) um, Diane Gardner. She is a speaker author. Uh, She's owner of Adept Business Solutions um, in Idaho, um, an accounting firm, very successful. She is a tax coach, um, which you can find her at taxcoach, uh, the number four, com. And this is quite amazing. She's actually saved her clients over $503,000 in taxes so far. And I'm sure that number has changed since I last heard. She is a best-selling author and Quilly Award recipient. Uh, she's written about five books, and I know she's still writing as we speak. And um, also owner with getoffthewheel.com, which is a practice management solution for accountants. Her credentials are insane, and I don't know where she finds the time to write all the books that she has. Um, But without further ado, I would like to welcome Diane Gardner. So thanks so much for coming on, Diane. I really appreciate it. Lindsay, thanks so much for having me on your show. This is so exciting. I know. So for anyone who uh, doesn't know out there, I've actually worked with Diane for what, three years now? Four years? I don't even know. I think so. Yeah. Three years. Um, So yeah, the amount of information that Diane knows, it's mind boggling. Um, And then with running her firm and then doing the tax coaching and of course, writing her books and setting up a practice management solutions. I mean, you inspire me every day with how much you know and how much you do. I, I honestly don't know how you do it. But, but Lindsay, I couldn't do it without you and your Aww. team. You guys make me look good out there. Aww, and I, I am so happy the day that I found you <laughs> and that we've been able to uh, You have this really long-term relationship. Um, I think I was yeah. one of your first clients. You were indeedy. And yeah, and I absolutely adore you, as you know. Um, so today I want to kind of talk about um, one of your books I know is The 10 Biggest Mistakes Um and bad me, I can't remember the full title, <laughs> but 10 biggest mistakes that entrepreneurs make um, where they can save more taxes. And obviously with my audience being you know, entrepreneurs, we all want to save money, right? And give less to the tax man. Um, so yeah, so tell me a little bit about that book. And then also, I guess, the top three biggest mistakes that you find that people make and how they can change that so they can save more money. Well, Lindsay, I'm going to say probably the biggest mistake that I see repeated over and over and over and over and over again is a complete and total lack of planning. 
you and I both know that without a plan, you're not going to end up going anywhere. And without a plan, you're just going to repeat what you did the previous year and the year before that and the year before that. And every season when it comes time to file that dreaded tax return, you write this a check just like you did the year before yeah. because either you weren't making sufficient estimated payments or you had no plan for ways that you could lower that tax liability. And I just see it. People get so busy in their businesses that that's the last thing on their minds is planning their way to a lower tax liability. And that costs them thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars every single year. I know. And that's part of the problem, right? Is a not even knowing like what, because you, you can't reap the rewards if you don't know any of what you can save and the loopholes and, and what have you. And then the fact that we are so busy and then, yeah, until you get that tax bill, you're like, Oh my God, I need to create change, but then you get all busy again. So how can, how can someone kind of mitigate that? Well, probably the best way to mitigate it, at least here in the States, because I am not an authority on Canadian tax, though Lindsay yeah. has begged me to learn I about know. it. Oh, <laughs> I so wish you would. <laughs> <laughs> but here in the States, the best thing to do is to reach out to a certified tax coach. That group of accountants has had some very, very extensive training in how to structure a business so that it pays the least amount of tax it legally can pay because mm -hmm. none of us are looking at doing anything illegal or shady or gray exactly. or anything like that. Everything we do is IRS approved, court tested, so that we know that we can, we've implemented a strategy right from the IRS's own manual and, and a strategy that they give their blessing on. But it's just so much of moving people from the not knowing, I don't know that I don't know realm into the, wow, why didn't my CPA tell me about yeah. that? Which is, happens to be a title of one of my books. <laughs> or I, my I, other one is like, stop overpaying your taxes now, <laughs> you know. Let's, let's get a plan together. Let's mitigate this. Um, I do offer a free tax analysis to people where it doesn't cost anything but a few minutes of their time to just sit down, pop me over the last couple of years of their tax returns, let me take a look at it and see if I can find some tax savings for them. I look at hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of tax returns every year. So I have a really good eye for when I see something, it's like, hmm, this return is missing X, Y, Z. So that's a, a great place to start. And, and people that just have a business or that even try to do their own taxes, they don't have that same um, 40,000 foot level view that I have just because yeah. I touch so many tax returns every single year. So what I'm hearing is like, a, a, and again, just so everyone understands, what is the difference then between a CPA and a certified tax coach? Well, Lindsay, there's actually, you hear people, CPA, EA, tax coach, you know, what, what does all this mean? I know. And CPAs are great accountants, but they don't always specialize in income tax. Uh, and then they, they can also niche down into different kinds of, of, of services in the accounting world. So just because somebody's a CPA doesn't mean they're a tax professional. Right. They may very well be, but doesn't mean they are. An enrolled agent, on the other hand, is a certification that comes straight from the IRS. Oh. So if you see EA behind somebody's name, you know that they have passed a stringent two-day exam given by the IRS. And they are a tax professional. 
they have been grilled and have you know passed this exam and we have a bunch of continuing education hours we have to take every year oh. and we're held accountable to the IRS so that kind of gives you that little bit higher level of tax knowledge because you know that this person is specializing in income tax then there's an elite certification called a certified tax coach and a certified tax coach is this group that I belong to where we have taken this real proactive view on how to plan our way to a lower tax liability for our clients. Because people don't realize there's basically three engagements out there. There's the income tax preparation engagement, and that's where you say, hey, Diane, will you do my taxes for me? Sure, Lindsay, I'll be happy to do your taxes. Send over your stuff, I'll put it on the right forms, I'll get it done on time, and I'll get it back to you and get it filed. Yeah. That's a tax return. Okay. Then there's a tax projection engagement. And this is where you're asking me, hey, Diane, I kind of need to know where, how much I'm going to owe for this year. And I usually have this conversation with clients in the fall. They're wanting to know, have I, have I made enough estimated payments? Do I need to go out and do something like buy a piece of equipment or some other you know, quick little strategy like that? And so we will sit down, and I like to have at least about nine months worth of their data. Yeah. And sit down and we'll project forward to the end of the year. We'll actually prepare a pretend or a mock tax return. I didn't know. And you then could from do that. that, pardon me? I didn't know you could do that. Yes, I do it constantly with people. And then from that, I can tell them how much I think they're going to owe. Oh. And so they have a couple months that they can do something if they need to, if they need to max out their 401k plan, or if they need to, whatever. There's a lot of different strategies that we yeah. use. They have time to do it. And then that way, then come tax season, they're pre-set up ahead of time. And that's a tax projection. Okay. Well, then as a tax coach, I'd like to take it one step further, and we actually do a tax plan. And a tax plan is where we, I put together a strategy that will cover this business for the next, say, three to five years. And we actually come up with, with strategies that will work year after year after year after year for them. And we don't have to be worried about whether the IRS is going to let us take bonus depreciation or not, or how much the Section 179 deduction amount is going to be, or those things that Congress tends to move around on us almost annually. Right. And the last few years has been at the very end of the year in December, and late December at that, when they finally had given us those answers. But I can help somebody we might set up a medical expense reimbursement plan and let them deduct their medical expenses through their business throughout the year oh. or we might look at a retirement plan or we might look at looking at their entity structure do they have the right entity structure what do you mean so, by entity oh great okay i'm sorry i bow back up because i'm going too fast um, entities there's different entity types that a business can operate in if they do nothing, then by default, they are a sole proprietor. And I don't know if this holds true up in Canada or not. I just know this is for the U.S., that they are a sole proprietor. And a sole proprietor reports their business um, data, their transactions, whatever, on their personal tax return on a form called a Schedule C. Right. And 100% of those profits are subject to income tax, as well as self-employment tax here in the, in the States. Mm -hmm. So they can end up paying as high as 40% or so on their God. of tax on their net profit. Holy Hannah. And it can be a major ouch. 
<clears throat> but then we have other entities that we like to look at. And sometimes it's a matter of setting them up as, a, as an LLC, which is a limited liability company. An LLC is a very flexible entity because it can act like a sole proprietor. Mm -hmm. It can act like a corporation. Oh. Or if you've got a friend that you're doing business with, it can act like a partnership. Oh, okay. And so we have flexibility for planning with an LLC, but it is state-driven. So not every state in the U.S. is LLC friendly. So I have oh, to always take that into account when I'm working with clients because I am nationwide. Right. Um, so I have to really pay attention to my states. Um, and then the next entity type is a corporation, whether it's an S corporation or a C corporation. And the difference between the two basically is a C corporation pays its own tax and an S corporation, the income flows through to the shareholders' personal returns and they pay the tax at the shareholder level. Gotcha. And, and then I'm assuming you kind of map out based on their business what the best entity is so that they can pay less tax. Right. But I also have to be careful because certain entity types offer them liability protection and others don't. Right. So a sole proprietorship and a general partnership offer no liability protection. So if something goes wrong, you are on the, the oh. loop for whatever your insurance mm. doesn't cover. But then we look at entities like an LLC or a corporation at some point, and we have some limitations on our liability exposure. So there's a lot of, of thought and analysis that goes into what type of entity should somebody be. But we can potentially save them thousands of dollars each year yeah. if they are in the wrong entity type or in an entity type that they've outgrown because their business oh, right. is not growing business too changes. Many. So if you're in one and, and your business is growing or you're downsizing or whatever, it, it's not something that you had this business entity and that's it. it. You do need to kind of review that periodically. You should review it, yes, every few years. It should definitely be something you, you review with your tax coach. Interesting. So here's a question for you. So like, I know some people in their minds are like, Oh, you know, I'm only making X amount per year or I'm not, you know, a multimillionaire. So I don't need a tax coach. Like, are there any monetary caps for kind of like you need a tax coach when, or is it for anybody and everybody? I would like to say it's for anybody and everybody because I can usually find some little strategies that will help even a small business. That's true. But where it really starts paying off and it yeah. really starts becoming a nice ROI for the investment that you make is businesses that have a net profit of, oh, somewhere in the range of 60, 70, 80,000 okay. on up. Yeah. And then we're able to save some significant tax savings. Otherwise, my tax savings is really small on those smaller businesses. Makes but sense. it's nice when I can save somebody $30,000 a year, $10,000 a year, those types of numbers. And to do that, I have to have some higher profits to work with. That makes sense because it's all relative. I know. Man, right. Save me 30 grand. I'd like hug you. <laughs> I, <was so laughs> I would hope I get more than a hug. <laughs> more chocolate. Oh, man. I just, I can't imagine what some of your clients, like the feedback that they get, like when you hand over their tax plan and say, Hey, I can save you X amount. They must, their jaw must just hit the ground. It does. One of my very first tax planning clients, he was a, um, a regular client of mine 
And I was so new at this. I hadn't really, you know, figured out how my spiel and everything was going to go. And so when I laid out his plan for him, I had estimated we'd save him right about 30,000 a year. And he's looking at me like, you know, you have no track record. Yeah, right. You're really going to save me this money. Okay, whatever. I'll give you a shot. Yeah. And so we got to, it was time to file his first tax return. And we had implemented everything we said we were going to implement. And when I called him to give him the results of his tax return, and he got really, really quiet because his results were that he had like a $24,000 refund because he insisted on continuing to make his estimated payments because he just wasn't quite sure I could pull this off. And so called him and asked him what he was going to do with his $24,000 refund, which we just (laughs) applied it forward as an estimated payment. But he got so quiet. And then after a little bit, um, he's like, Diane, I really didn't think you could pull this off. I I just thought I would just humor you and let you try. So it's pretty cool. And now I've got enough of a track record that I don't get that reaction. But it was kind of funny that very first couple people when I actually made the savings happen that I said I would make happen. Some people are like, oh, the proof is in the pudding, right? But you deliver. Right. Awesome. Yeah. And I remember, I can't remember which book it is, but – you give like real life case studies and it's really, I can't remember which one, but it's really conversational, but you talk the about, stop, sorry. It's the stop over paying your taxes. Yes. But it's so easy to read because you think, Oh my God, accounting or taxes, you're not going to be able to pick it up or it's going to go over your head, but your books are easy to read and like you can just go through it and stuff like you say it in such a way that it's easy for someone to understand, which is, very rare. And that is intentional because that's kind of one of the things that has set me apart from other accountants is I try to make it easy to read. I try to write things in layman's terms. I try to speak that way with people. I don't use a lot of accountant lingo type terms around them because they just, they just get lost. Yeah. And that particular book is actual case studies with my own clientele where Mm -hmm. I've changed their names and their industries, but it's, real live conversations I've had with people over like about a two year period. I didn't even go back further than that, but just pulled out some of my most favorite clients that I had worked with. That's awesome. And it just makes it nice because it was just, it's really written in a story format. It is easy to read. Totally. Um, now here's a question. So I know obviously there's um, like in your, your 10 biggest uh, mistakes book. Um, are there loopholes or write-offs that are like industry specific. So some would apply to a certain business versus another business or are they kind of across the board? Well, we do have some across the board strategies that I use when I'm doing tax planning, but there are specific write-offs that are for various industries. And in my stop over paying your taxes book, chapter five, I devoted that whole chapter to just um, general write-offs, and then I, I did kind of a deep dive into several different industry types, giving lists of various things that are deductible, and I always get the comment. People look at that and go, I didn't know I could deduct that. Holy. How come nobody ever told me? I've, I've been in business for 15 years, and nobody ever told me. I know. It's so, so frustrating. Yeah. Like, you get your tax return, and you just accept it. Like, okay, well, that's just the way it is, as opposed to asking the questions or, like, well, what about this, and what about this? So, like, when yeah. you're more informed, yep. you have so much more power behind you, and then you, bet. you can reap the rewards. But at least with you, it's like, 
even if you just ask for help, you're making a step in the right direction. You know, you don't have to know it all. You need to know something that does know it all. (laughs) (laughs) No. Well, at least it knows a bunch about taxes. Yeah, (laughs) I wouldn't say knows it all. (laughs) And it's uh, kind of in line with this topic. Um, I know you have a, a, a guide, if you will, and it's like selecting the right tax professional or selecting the right tax professional is like dating. And I'm like, dating. I know. I'm like, that's so funny. Um, so kind of tell us a little bit about that and what your, what your analogy is there. Well, on that, Lindsay, it's so important to find a tax professional, accountant, a coach, whoever you're looking for that has similar philosophies as you do in your business. And it's really nice if you can find one who's somewhat entrepreneurial because I know you're entrepreneurial. And if you hook yourself up or align yourself with an accountant who's not entrepreneurial at all, they're just kind of a paper pusher kind of person, bean counter, whatever you want to call them, (laughs) then you're never going to be happy and satisfied with the results from that accountant. And that's what I'm experiencing. That's why I keep wanting you to learn all the Canadian tax law. (laughs) But that is such a big issue. Absolutely. It is, but if you align yourself with someone who's also growing their business, who's an accountant, and is entrepreneurial, then you're speaking the same language with them. And it just makes a night and day difference in how your relationship grows over the years. That's so true. So um, give me, as we have like five or so minutes left, so give us some good concrete tips on um, how as entrepreneurs uh, can save some money or some write-offs that maybe we sort of forget about or don't realize. One that I see people miss very, very often is the mileage write-off or writing off your um, vehicle expenses. And it I think that one boils down to they get in a hurry and they get lazy and they don't want to keep that written mileage log. But if you keep that written mileage log in the U.S., it's worth 54 cents a mile to you for 2016. On that 2015 tax return that you haven't filed yet, it's um, 57 cents a mile, I believe. It's like my mind is already switched over to the new year. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. That's a But it can be a humongous write-off for somebody all because they took the moment, a few minutes each day, and documented their mileage. And if you and then I see meals up to dollars, it's like holy. It is, yeah. Most entrepreneurial kind of people are taking a two or three or four thousand dollar deduction every year for that. Wow. Well, your smiles you're driving anyhow because you're doing it for your business. Let's let's write them off and get take advantage of that deduction. Totally. And then right along that same vein is the meals and entertainment not realizing what's deductible and what isn't. The IRS says the meal has to have a specific business intent and purpose with it. So that means on that receipt, you need to list the person's name of who you took to lunch or dinner or whatever and what your business topic was, which allows it to stand up under audit. So we need the date, the place, the dollar amount, who the client was and what your business topic five pieces of information needs to be on that receipt i would not have and known with, that in a million years yeah I would have thought, to me, i'm like as long as the receipt was during like nine to five five days a week <laughs> like, doesn't that count <laughs> not really <laughs> <laughs> darn so just little things like that that people aren't aware of another great one is is the ability to hire your kids to work in your business what a great way to pay for a lot of the extra programs that they like to get involved in. The dance classes, the horseback riding lessons, the football camp. 
things like that, if you can come up with a way for them to legitimately work in your business, yeah. that's money you were going to spend anyhow. Each of these items were moving them from an after-tax position on your tax return to a pre-tax position. And they start adding up and they start making a difference on your tax return. So when you say, like, let's say an entrepreneur out there, um, like their child can do some filing or data entry or whatever it is, and then you pay them just whatever you want to pay them, or how does that work? But no, we actually have to have a job description, and you have to have a timesheet, and you have to really pay them through a payroll. Okay. You have to write them a check oh. type of thing. But you can deposit it into a custodial account that's got your name and their name on it. They don't have to be able to run out and spend it. And it becomes a way to help pay for college. It becomes a way to help pay for private school, all the fun type things that they like to do during the summer months and stuff. So it's a great way to write off. And the first, I believe it's $6,300 that you give them can be potentially tax-free because that is the standard deduction amount. So you're taking a deduction for it in your business and they're not picking it up as income on their own little personal tax return. Right. So it's a great way to write it off. I think of so many entrepreneurs that have teenagers or college age kids that could help them with their social media. Yeah. Some, you know, some of us really struggle with that, (laughs) but these young kids, that's just like second nature to them. Yeah. They love it. So Why not pay them to do that for you or blogging for you or little things like that. They don't have to necessarily sweep the floor and file. It's other things that they can do. Use them in your marketing. Yeah. And, you know, be able to pay them for doing it. That's a great idea. What else you got? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see. We've talked a little bit about retirement planning. We've talked about having a plan. Um, I don't have that book right in front of me. You caught me off guard. What other other deductions could you you rhyme off that we, we sort of forget about? I would say the ability to be able to write off some of your health care costs in your business. That's one that most people have no idea they can potentially do. And it depends on some factors as whether we can make it work in your particular business or not. But when it does work, it works well because it allows you to write off all of your out-of-pocket medical costs, which is your health insurance, your co-pays, your prescriptions, of just a whole laundry list of items, you can write those off through your business. Nice. So you do, yeah, to make that one work, it works really well in a sole proprietorship um, entity type as long as you're married. Because if you're married and you have a spouse, and it works well on small little businesses where you don't have a lot of employees, right? Uh, you can offer your spouse a 100% medical reimbursement, which uh, the spouse is then able to cover their, their spouse and dependents, which covers you and your family. So you'd have to be able to find a way to hire your spouse to do some work in your business. And there again, you have to have a job description. It has to be, you know, a reasonable amount of time that they spend doing whatever these tasks are in relation to the amount of money that that you're trying to write off for medical costs. Yeah. So there's some, some little caveats that we have to make sure that we meet to be able to make this work. But when it works, it works very smoothly and people save a lot of money from it. I bet. So many little tiny things and rules and ifs and requirements. Thank God you're around, man, because that's a lot of information to know. Right, And that's why you need a coach to kind of guide you through these things 
yeah. to find out, you know, does your business qualify? And if not, is there some way that we could make it qualify so oh, that you can yeah. take advantage of this particular write-off? That totally makes sense. Awesome. Well, I mean, even though I'm Canadian, um, it's like I can pick some of these things to ask, you know, my Canadian accountant, hey, what about this? And you know what I mean? So at least it gives me food for thought. Um, you bet. So I can learn from you that way. But I mean, obviously, everyone in the States, they don't have to be in Idaho, can access your, um, your expertise. So how can people get a hold of you best, um, Diane? The best way to, to find me is to go out to www.taxcoachforyou.com, and that's using the number four. Yeah. And out there, they can download a bundle of free reports that we've got. They can claim a free copy of that book, The 10 Most Expensive Mistakes That Cost Business Owners Thousands. Perfect. And we'd love to share that information with them and start them on the journey of lowering that tax bill, lowering that tax liability, and in the process, learning a little bit more about what is what they, some of the strategies that they can do to actually um, increase their, their net take-home cash mm -hmm. by lowering that tax liability. And it's like, as you say, it's like a, a free consultation with you, which takes up, what, half an hour maybe? It's like, half, man. Yeah, half an hour to an hour, and I just need copies of their last two yeah. years' tax returns. And we'll be happy to take a look at that and see if I can come up with some ideas and suggestions and stuff for them and start them down that road to tax savings. Perfect. Yeah. If, if someone told me, hey, you know what, an hour of your time can save you thousands of dollars, it's like, I'm in. <laughs> You bet. I'm in. Where do I sign up? What do I got to do? Seriously. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and don't wait till the crunch hour of uh, when you got to file your taxes. It's like, you know, contact you as soon as you can. Um, perfect. Well, thank you so much for all your tips and your information. I mean, we could talk for hours on all that you know. It's crazy. Um, so thanks for coming on, Diane. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Lindsay. This has been a lot of fun. Cool. Alrighty. So all you listeners out there, if you are an entrepreneur who wants less stress, consistent brand exposure and needs support, taking massive action in your business, head to ssonlinesupport.com. Um, and then of course you can contact me at captain at ssonlinesupport.com as well. So that's it for this episode of Sailing to Success podcast. I'm Lindsay Phillips and I wish you a productive and profitable week and may the winds always be at your back. You've been listening to the Sailing to Success podcast, the show created exclusively for entrepreneurs and small business owners looking for a safe port in the storm of fast-paced business growth. To make sure you don't miss a single profit-boosting show, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes and www.sailingtosuccesspodcast.com. To learn more about how Lindsay and her team can help you increase customer service, run your business more effectively, and increase your profits, go to www.ssonlinesupport.com. That's www.ssonlinesupport.com. Now go and implement what you've learned and come back next week for more Sailing to Success podcasts.